Welcome to the BC Podcast, featuring a weekly message from Believer's Church in Warren, Ohio. For more information, visit www.believers.cc. We are in a series titled Covenants, and this is the fourth and final week of the series. And we have had, I think, a blast. The first two weeks we talked about our covenant with God and that type of thing. And last week we talked about covenant marriages. And if you weren't here, man, the lobbies were a buzz. I mean, people were really excited after last week's lesson. So if you missed it, you can, you can check it out at believers.c for free, for free, and then .cc. And then you can also, on one of our apps, we have Android, uh, Believers app for Android and for iPhone. You can listen to it all for free. This week is lesson four, and I want to open with this story. About eight years ago or so, I had a really close friend. Uh, he was a pastor here in town. We were very close, and um, we had gotten to be such good friends. We prayed together. We talked God a lot together, and uh, I had scheduled him to speak here on a weekend at Believers. I wanted to introduce him to the church, and uh, it was a great relationship, and uh, I received a phone call one morning from another pastor, and he had let me know that this pastor had a car accident the night before, and, and my heart dropped. I said, is he okay? He said, he's fine, but that's not the reason I called. He said he was drunk, and he had a lady in the car that wasn't his wife. It's like my heart really sunk, and uh, I told my other pastor friend, I said, I'll give him a call. Why don't you come over with me? We'll go pray with him. He said, I'm not going over. He said, uh, He's, he said, I, I'm very disappointed in him, and he said, I can't believe what he did. And, and I said, obviously, it's, I'm not condoning what he did, but we need to go minister him. Mean, he didn't want to go, so, so I went. I called my friend. I went over. His wife answered the door, and I, she gave, made me a cup of coffee, and I'm sitting in the living room with my pastor friend who had fallen, and we're talking, and we had a heart-to-heart -heart talk, and obviously he had to step down, and obviously he actually left town. And uh, I was very broken up over it and the, the thing that bothered me the most and I, I told him was I said why didn't you let me know you were struggling I would have done everything in my power uh, to help you I, I would have tried to find you help and and he said what so many of us would say he said I was ashamed and I didn't know how you would react and so I just didn't know what to do and I hope today to grow all of us in what I would call covenant friendships that's what we're going to talk about today you and I having a covenant friendship with some folks. And I think all of us should have a couple, what I would call close friends, covenant friends that, that God's called us to be friends with. And I hope to grow all of us. And you know how I always say, I want you to walk out today remembering this point. Today's is really different. I don't know that I've ever done this. Today's is a question. And I, I want you to ask yourself this question throughout the message, but also throughout the week. And it's real simple. It just goes like this. Are you a covenant friend because I believe it starts with us becoming a covenant friend and we're going to just help you understand that many of you have covenant friendships and you're growing in them and I'm so excited to, that you are many of us guys we struggle with having those best friends you know and and uh, we try to rough it on our own we try to make it on our own and and I nothing makes me happier than to watch uh, some guys hook up with some other guys and they become close close friends I do a discipleship group and uh, I did it public last fall, and it didn't go as well when I did it public and just offered it to the public. So I went back to doing it this, this time. I just do it by invitation. And I invited 15, 20 guys. 
we meet in my office, and so we're meeting on Wednesday nights in my office, and I have them skip worship we, because we need more time. But I've done this so many times now. It's, what amazes me is how these guys that don't have a lot of friends all of a sudden, by the time we're finished with the class, they, they have some covenant friendships that have developed, and that really excites me because I understand how valuable those are. So if you're here and I don't know you well um, and you want to be in the next group I do uh, coming up in the fall, just let me know. I'll write your name down and, and I'll get you into one of those classes. We have a, a great time. We grow spiritually, but what I like about it is I get to know people I don't know and I, I get to develop these relationships. But all the guys tell me, I have so many friends now. I have such good friends because I got into your group and uh, we all need some covenant friends. Now, ladies typically do that naturally. Guys, we struggle with it. My wife's in Chicago this weekend. She's at a fa family kind of reunion type thing. And uh, she took my two daughters. And so they were driving on Friday, and I texted them. I said, are you there yet? You know, And uh, my daughters and, and kids tease me. My wife and I tease each other. So, so they just said, Michelle had my wife's phone, and she said, Oh, Dad, we bonded all day with Mom, and you're not here, you know. And uh, so I, I just sat down and thought, what can I send back? And so here's what I sent back. I said, you know, I was home all alone all day, and I bonded with myself, and I know myself so much better than I ever have known myself. And my wife told me when I talked to her on the phone, she said they began to roar when they, when they read my text. And, and, you know, that's not possible <laughs> to do. And, and uh, some of us, though, we think we can make it through life on our own, and we really need, we need some covenant friends. And, and for all of us that have that, I just want to help us take it to the next level. There might be a couple of you that are nervous right now because you hear covenant and friends together. Because over the years, I talk to people that come out of some churches that teach on covenant relationships, and, and they, they were in, in great bondage in those churches. And so they come here, they find freedom, and we'll have coffee and they'll talk to me about that. And, uh, you know, what, what happens in those churches is the pastor's teaching on covenant relationships, but from the angle that you're in covenant with this church, you're in covenant with me, and basically you have to die to leave this church. You can never leave because we're in covenant. And if you've been out of a church like that, you hear me say I'm going to talk about covenant relationships. You, again, your heart might be fluttering, but I'm not going there. This is about the relationships you have with each other, not your connection with me, but your connection with other Christians. And I really believe covenant friendships are new covenant. And I want to read this scripture to you. This is Jesus. And he said this. He said, so now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. And I think it's fascinating, verse 35, guys. Our friendships with each other should be so dynamic that the non-Christian looks at our friendships and it blows their minds. It just, it leads them to God. They're just like, whoa, they're different than anybody else. So that's why, that's why I want to talk about these covenant uh, relationships or friendships. And I like what Jesus said in verse 34, love each other just as I have loved you. Now last week when we talked about uh, the covenant of marriage, we found out the husband's number one responsibility is to love his wife like Christ loves the church. Jesus here is referring to something he, he did above. And you know what he did in the verses above? He washed his disciples' feet. And it blew their mind. Peter really, really went crazy because Jesus is their teacher, he's their master, and it was unheard of 
for him to wash their feet. Maybe a servant could have washed all their feet. Maybe uh, they could have washed his feet, but he should never be washing their feet. And they wouldn't wash each other's feet because they're on equal planes. And so Jesus tells Peter, I have to do this. He washes all 12 of their feet. Remember, desert climate, that, you know, uh, open sandals, really dirty feet. And Jesus washes all these feet. And then he looks at his disciples. He says, if I, being your master, have washed your feet, he said, you all the more need to wash one another's feet. He's not talking about us having foot washing ceremonies. Not that they're bad. Um, I've never been into those, but um, that's, I don't believe he meant to have a doctrine started where we have foot washing services, although they can be very impacting at different times for different reasons. But Jesus was showing us something that has to do with loving, something that has to do with being a covenant friend, and when you think about washing someone's feet, today our feet are pretty clean. We have socks and shoes on. But I was in Togo, West Africa, um, a couple years ago on a missions trip. And the last night I taught a little message uh, to the villagers. They're still living in mud huts. Uh, we're south of the equator, but we're really close to it. So it's a desert-type climate. And there's 300 orphans. And so we're going to wash the orphans' feet, uh, us missionaries that went, you know. And uh, I'll never forget, because when I was a kid, I ran around barefoot. My mom always wanted me to have shoes on. I ran around outside barefoot all summer. But there was grass, so your feet, you know, don't get too dirty. But these kids are running around on dirt. And they don't have running water. They're living in huts. Uh, they're not taking baths or showers like you and I would. And so I had this clean bucket of water. They didn't have any gloves to fit my hands. So I'm doing this with no gloves. And I have, I have the rag, and I go to wash the first young, young child, and, uh, and it took me forever. There was caked on dirt, and I mean, I'm bowing down, and I'm washing these feet. I'm scrubbing them, and the first set of feet dirty the water so bad I had to change the water. And I'm doing this, and I'm doing my portion. Everybody else is doing their portion, and I'm thinking about the Scripture, and I'm saying, whoa. This is a humbling moment. And I really believe when Jesus talked about this, he said, have a foot-washing mentality, which means in our friendships, we humble ourselves and we have this foot-washing mentality that, hey, I'm going to live my life for you. I'm going to make you more important to me and my attitude in life. And that's really what Jesus taught us. He wants us to have that in our friendships. Can all of us agree that's easier said than done? And can we, we all agree we're growing towards that. As I said last week, I found out when I became married, and I also found out when we had our kids, I'm a selfish guy, and I had to grow in that area, and I think we find that out in, in friendships. So uh, I thought the best thing I could do today is just talk about, first of all, before we talk about how to be a covenant friend, just five reasons why friendships end. And I'm going to use the acrostic warts, and behind me you see a hand with some warts on it. And when I was a young guy, uh, before I graduated high school, I had warts, just like you see on that hand. And so I went and got over-the-counter drugs and, and medication, put them on, the warts didn't disappear. I went to a doctor, he gave me prescription meds, I put those on, it didn't disappear. So finally he said, we're just gonna have to burn these off. And I was so embarrassed, I tried to hide that hand everywhere I went and just felt so awful about it. And uh, so he burned them off and he got rid of them. And we're gonna use this acrostic to help us see 
the five warts that will try to destroy a relationship, a friendship. And our goal is going to be, hey, I want to be a covenant friend, and I want to burn these warts so that my relationships aren't ruined, they're not broken. Sometimes we can't help it, we do everything in our power. The W stands for this, guys, wrongdoing. And this is when you offend your friend or your friend offends you. And let me read this scripture to you. Scripture reads like this, uh, Romans uh, 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. I think this is a mentality for a covenant relationship all the way through. And what this scripture is saying to us is we have to make an effort to fix a relationship when it's broken. We have to do everything within our power to fix it. We have to have that attitude, I'm going to talk this through. And isn't it easy just to walk away from a relationship just to say, the heck with it, they hurt me, or it's not worth it, or it's going to take too much time. And, and that's a wart that will destroy a relationship. So God wants us to have this heart that I'm going to go to that person. That's what Matthew 18 is all about. Just me and them, and I'm going to let them know, hey, you offended me, or did I offend you? Let's fix this. And what did Jesus say? If that doesn't work, you bring back a couple more good Christians, strong Christians. You try to have them help you. If that doesn't work, he says, tell it to the church. If that doesn't work, he said, let them be treated as a sinner and a tax collector. That's pretty serious. And when you treat someone like a sinner or a tax collector, you're not mean to them. That means you don't have close, intimate fellowship with that person. And why did Jesus say this? I really believe he said it because relationships are meant to be eternal. And he just wants relationships to last, and he wants us to fix them. And he's just teaching us fix these relationships. Now, Saturday night I'm ministering this, and I finished, I closed it down. Matt comes out to close the service, and I'm walking out that door and down the hallway to go into the lobbies, and this lady walks out the backside door into the hallway, and she's, she's bawling. I, I said, was it that bad? You know, and uh, I said, what's wrong? She said, this was the wrong message for me to come to. I said, why? She said, my best friend just died just, just a couple weeks ago. And she said, I just, it just tortured me to be in here because I'll never see them again. So I gave her a hug and I said, listen, um, this is going to hurt. You're going to have to go through the process, but let me give you some hope. Your relationship with your best friend is on pause. And when you go over to the other side, you're going to continue that relationship. And it, and it brought some peace to her. And I said, I'm going to be praying for you all week. And I, I mentioned it to you, say, hey, you know, when you pray this week, pray for her. Just say, lifting up the woman that Pastor Joe talked about. And I really believe God's heart is for a relationship never to end. Although they will end, won't they, sometimes? And it's, we do everything in our power, and, and unfortunately, they do. Can we all agree that sometimes we grow out of relationships? Just the seasons of our life change? I remember when I went from being single uh, to uh, being married, and I had a lot of guy friends, but all of a sudden I didn't have time for a lot of guy friends, and just because I was married, just because we began to have kids, things changed. That's going to happen, and seasons of life will happen, but the heart of God is for us never to have a relationship end because of an offense. He wants us to do everything in our power to keep it going. The A in warts stands for apathy, and that just means we stop putting effort into the relationship, and here's a great, great scripture. Proverbs 18.24 says, a man who has friends must himself be friendly and it's just all about us putting some time into relationships now being a guy my wife has had to coach me on this especially in our early marriage 
Uh, why don't you call your friend, you know? And why, why don't you guys do something? And guys just get so busy or whatever, we just don't nurture friendships. But in order for a friendship to last, you have to nurture it. So I have some really close covenant friends, and you know what we do? Uh, one of us will text the other and say, we've we got to get together. And we try to get together every couple months because we're really busy. We both have our families. But we try to have coffee every couple months. And, of course, we talk, you know, phone and text uh, in between. But we just sit down, we have coffee. And I think for guys, we do really well. We'll, we'll sit and talk for two hours. That, like, for a guy, that's an eternity. And uh, <laughs> we, we just sit there and we talk, you know. And, and we, just, we just hang out. We, we just spend some time together. And I've noticed if we don't do that, a relationship will die. And so the question I'm asking through this whole message is, are you a covenant friend? Do you have one or two people that you're in covenant friendship with? And is this a wart that's trying to still it? I just want to encourage you, let's, let's get rid of this. The next one's the R, and, and, and I just put the word ruined. And this is just when somebody says something and a rumor comes your way, and it puts a wedge between you and your friend. And that happens all the time in the world in which we live in. Proverbs 16, 28 says this, An evil man sows strife. Gossip separates the best of friends. And all of us know this has happened to us at one time or another where somebody comes up to you and says, So-and-so said this. And you're like, That's my friend, man. That's my close friend. I can't believe they say that. But human nature is to believe it. But here's what God's saying. As much as is within you pick up that phone sit down look them in the eyes and say hey i heard so and so said you said this i don't believe you did and you know 99.9 percent .9 of the time they'll tell you that's a lie every now and then they'll say yeah i do feel that about you you know and and so then you take it from there you try to restore it very seldom does that ever happen or sometimes they say yeah i said it but i didn't mean it would you forgive me and and you go on but what the enemy would love us to do it's just say the heck with them. They want this wart to destroy the relationship. And again, can you see the heart of God? God's asking us to confront. God's asking us to sit and talk. God's asking us to make an effort to keep a friendship alive. Our question, are, are you a covenant friend? Ask yourself that question. Here, here's, here's the T. The T just means tainted. And uh, has a conversation with some guys in the lobby. They asked me some questions about this one. And this is just... Simply when your friend becomes tainted, sometimes a person can become bitter. They can, they can be trapped and practice a sin. So what would the heart of God be? Go to them, try to restore them. That's the heart of God in all these situations. But what happens if they refuse to be restored? What happens if they continue to go down that constructive path? Sometimes you have to put the relationship on, on hold. You, have to, you, you can't be close anymore. This is a, a church scripture, but it's the principles, the same, Titus 3, 10, 11. If anyone is causing division among you, he should be given a first and a second warning. After that, have nothing more to do with him, for such a person has a wrong sense of values. He is sinning, and he knows it. And this is about trying to keep strife out of a church situation. But the idea is sometimes you have to put a relationship on hold until a person grows, until a person makes a decision to change. And that's what the T is all about. Now the S that makes it plural, the S is just all about, I, I just put the word surpassed. And isn't it true sometimes we surpass our friend? We grow up to this level spiritually and they, they just maybe regress or 
uh, we're going this direction in life and they're going a totally opposite direction. And sometimes this is one you can't avoid. It, it just, you just go different directions. Again, I think all of them are we try to grow people, we try to help people. I love this scripture. It says in Proverbs 13, 20, walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. Can we all agree that we want friends that are going to grow us and friends that are going to build us up? And So sometimes we can correct the S. Sometimes we can't. Sometimes surpassing will cause us to go a different direction with our friends. And that hurts, but you always let the person know, hey, I love you. When you're ready to go this direction with me, we, I'll be waiting for you, but I've got to go this direction in my life, and I need to have friends that are pursuing what I'm pursuing, that type of thing. Now, again, the question is, are you a covenant friend? I just want to show you four things covenant friends do, and this is pretty cool. Uh, number one, covenant friends are faithful to you, and we all need someone that's faithful. Proverbs 18.24 says this, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Now, I grew up with six brothers. There were seven boys in our family, no girls, and brothers will die for each other. And at this age here, any of my brothers are in trouble, I will do everything in my power to help my brothers. And I think with your sisters, your brothers, that's how we are. And, and God says the covenant friendship should have that same feeling that we're just absolutely faithful to each other. And this really helped me in my marriage. It helped me in my friendships. Uh, one day in my early marriage, and you guys heard all kinds of stories last week, and you s see what God had to work with and how he had to grow me. And, and uh, one day, God opened up my eyes. I was reading a scripture to the fact that Gina was his daughter. And I, I had daughters at the time. That really impacted me because all the dads in here, you know how we are with our daughters. I mean, we love our boys and our daughters equally, but with your daughters, you feel like I have to protect them. I just have to protect them. And uh, you have this feeling of protection. And if someone messes with your daughter, one way or another, you're going to protect your daughter. That's your daughter. I mean, that's just what you do for your daughter. Is, isn't that true? You, you do that for your daughter? And... Uh, when I saw that my wife was God's daughter, I'm like, uh-oh. <laughs> He's not happy with me the way I'm treating her. But the bottom line is this. Here's the bottom line. Every man in this room is God's son, if you're a Christian. Every woman in this room is God's daughter. And when we're in covenant relationship, we're in relationship with another one of God's kids. And it puts us on brother-sister relationship with each other. And I really believe that changes how we treat people. Because all of a sudden we realize, hey, this is just not a random person. This is one of my brothers or sisters in Christ, and God's their father. And it helps us to be faithful. So the question is, are, are you a covenant friend? Can we grow a little bit in this area? Here's another one. I like this. Covenant friends always love you. And Proverbs 17, 17 says, friends love through all kinds of weather. And I love this quote. A friend is one who knows, knows you and loves you just the same and I love a friend like that and I want to be a friend like that I want to know somebody and still love them I want to see their weaknesses and still be able to love them that's a covenant friend Here, here's a really important one we want to ask ourselves are we a covenant friend with this one friends refresh you here's great scripture Proverbs 27 9 a street a sweet friendship refreshes the soul so you want to ask yourself when you're with your friends when you walk away or they sad you left or are they excited <laughs> that, that you left? 
Uh, are you draining or are you putting into their life? Are you energizing them? Are you charging their battery? Or are you taking from their battery? And, and I know all of us have to grow in this area. We want, we want to walk away from our friendships, our covenant friends, having them feel better about themselves than before we walked into the room. But I also believe all of us need to have at least one friend that drains us. Um, we ha you can't have more than that or you, you just will not make it in life. But we should all try to find one friend that we put energy into. And some of you that have been here a while, you've heard me in days gone by talk about uh, Ron. Ron was this guy I met in Bible school. The way I met him is a couple guys at our church found him sleeping in his car. He was homeless and he slept in this old car and he stopped one night in our church parking lot and he was, in the morning he was still sleeping. So some guys from the church found him and I was a singles pastor. They brought him to me and, and, and Ron at that time was homeless. He was an atheist. He was a racist um, and, and uh, you know, and, and he had no job, obviously, just living in a car down by the river. It was a terrible, terrible, terrible thing. So I took Ron on as a project. And I have never had anyone abuse me more than Ron. I, I mean, he, he, he knew where I went to Bible school. I lived in the apartments right across the street from the Bible school. So I would walk to school, walk back. And once I hooked up with Ron, I'd come out of classes, and Ron would be there with his car leaning there waiting for me. And I just worked midnight turn, then just sat through school. All I want to do is sleep. And, and then Ron would begin to abuse me. He'd be mean to me. He'd say negative things. And then he'd have all these problems. And I'd try to walk him through the problems. He drained me like crazy. I could only have one Ron at a time in my life. So here's, here's the good news. Here's the ending. When I left Bible school, Ron had a job. Ron was a strong Christian. Ron was no longer racist. Ron could read. He couldn't read before. Ron ran a camera in our church. He was a camera operator. And Ron had a girlfriend. And Ron smelled good. And uh, <laughs> it was awesome. Him and I still talk. He'll call me every now and then, and we'll, we'll touch base. He got married. He had some kids. And, and I really believe we all need a Ron in our lives. Now, you don't want to be a Ron in someone else's life. But sometimes you just are. I mean, what can you do? That's where you're at in life, and you need somebody to help you. So I think we should all say, Lord, give me a Ron, somebody I can, I can help, and somebody I can grow. But again, you can only have, I'm telling you, I, can only, I could only survive with one Ron in my life. But I'm always looking for one Ron, somebody I can say, I'm going to lay my life down for this person. I'm going to wash their feet, and I'm going to help grow them. The reward is after you put some time into them and you see the life change. That's an incredible reward. Here's the next one, and this one's really important. So many people try to avoid it. This is what covenant friends do. They challenge you. We need someone to challenge us. Proverbs 27, 6 says, Wounds from a friend are better than kisses from an enemy. Uh, so, I mean, wouldn't most of us choose a kiss? But a true friend, the wounds are going to be truth that they speak into our lives. And we all need somebody to speak truth into our lives. Proverbs 27, 17 says this, you use steel to sharpen steel, and one friend sharpens another. And I think all of us need a covenant friend that's willing to challenge us. And we need to open up our hearts and allow ourselves to be challenged. And human nature avoids this like crazy, but I don't believe I can grow without somebody challenging me. 
And my wife can only do so much, you know. Uh, I, I, need, I need a couple covenant guy friends that look me in the eye and they say, when are you going to deal with this? When are you going to deal with that? How's this going in your life? I have to have a couple friends like that in order for me to grow. Some people think that, you know, because I'm a pastor that I, I walk on water and I float in the air. But you guys hear my stories. I had someone tell me last night or yesterday at, at our prayer, they said, you, you embellish those marriage stories, don't you? That, that's not, you just add to it to be funny. And I go, unfortunately, I'm holding back. Um, <laughs> I don't add anything. To, I never add anything to a story. I said, that's absolutely true. And it's like, oh, your poor wife. And Yep, yep. But we need someone in our life to challenge us. And, and, and I love the covenant friends that I have. When, and it's not all the time, but it's every now and then when they see something needs to be said to Joe, they see a bad attitude or whatever it is, they speak into my life. And this is where I'm going to end, man. Are you a covenant friend? And some of you, you're just sitting here saying, I want a friendship so bad. I need a good friend. I don't have a good friend. We're going to pray for that today, okay? Let's close our eyes. Let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Lord, Lord, probably most of the people in here that are craving a good friendship are men, although there could be a few women. But Lord, we know us, us guys, man, we struggle with this area in our life. And yet you called us to be covenant friends. And so Lord, here's my prayer. Everyone in here right now that's saying, I want a covenant friend. Lord, I ask you to bring that person into their life. And Lord, I ask you to give them the strength to walk out and reach out, Father, to someone and become that covenant friend. And Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do in our lives. And Lord, we're going to ask ourselves this question all week. All week. Are, are we a covenant friend? Lord, grow us in this area. Lord, if there's some here that have to go and talk and maybe have some restoration, let that happen. Lord, give them the strength and the ability to do that. And Lord, in all of our lives, we ask you, make us a better covenant friend. Grow us in this area. And I thank you for doing that in every one of our lives, Lord God. Lord, we pray for the dear woman I talked to last night. We pray for anyone in here that's lost a close friend. We just ask your peace and your grace upon them, Lord God. Mend the wounds, Lord God. Thank you. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I want to ask one more question before we go. The question's the most important question on the in the world, on the whole planet. It has to do with what you've done with Jesus. You know, the Bible declares that whoever calls on his name, he saves them. The Bible declares he died for the sins of the entire world. It's pretty cool what he did. He was God Almighty. He humbled himself and he did more than just wash feet. He died for the sins of the whole world. And if you're here and you say, Pastor Joe, I know who he is. Here's the question I'm asking you. Yeah, I heard about him. I want to ask you this question. Can you remember a day when you made it real and personal with Jesus to where you said, Jesus, I believe you're God's son and I make a decision to follow you. If you're here and you say, I can't remember that day, would, would you pray with me right now? <coughs> Excuse me. I want you to know, I'm not asking you if you're a member of a church. I'm not asking you if you're water baptized. I'm asking you the most serious question in the world. Can you remember when you made it real with Jesus? And if not, why not today? If you're here and you say, that's me, would you pray with me right now? Everyone else in the room, would you help them out? Pray this from your heart. Say, Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. I repent for my sins. And this day, 
I give my heart to you. I make a decision to follow you, Jesus. Thanks for saving my soul. Thank you for listening to the BC Podcast. Follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram to stay updated, inspired, and encouraged.